Hello and welcome to CM Conversations. I'm today's host, Ellen, and my focus here at CM Medical is medical imaging. In today's episode, I speak to Laura Peeler, VP of Devices at Optimed, a Finnish medtech company and provider of handheld fundus imaging cameras. From the FDA process for the Aurora camera to women in STEM and career progression, Laura has plenty of insight to share here. Here it is. Hope you enjoy listening. So Laura, um, tell me about Optimed and sort of what you guys do. Yes, so we are one of the uh, leading providers of the growing and transforming handheld fundus imaging market. Our mission is to prevent blindness by improving access to eye screening globally. Uh, fundus imaging has, you know, it has traditionally taken place at the eye care professionals clinic, mainly the ophthalmologist. But truth, truthfully, there are not enough eye doctors in the world. We, we see a steep increase in the amount of eye disorders and diseases due to current global megatrends like aging population, rise in the amount of people with diabetes and so on. So this causes a huge burden to the eye care specialty, uh, specialty and, and to ease this burden more and more of these screening of, of eye diseases like diabetic retinopathy. It's moving from the ophthalmologist closer to the patient to primary care, to optometry, pharmacies, elderly homes or even the, the homes of patients. And so this coupled with the introduction and rise of, of artificial intelligence in screening uh, for eye diseases can really be a game changer and a way to, in the end, save healthcare expenditure if diseases can be found early and treated early. So what we do at Optimate is we combine our handheld fundus cameras with artificial intelligence to enable instant on-the-spot diagnosis of diabetic retinopathy. The adoption of, of AI is proceeding now, especially in the U.S. market, um, where there is a national CPT code for DR screening with AI. And also starting this year, there is a separate heat quality measure for primary care to ensure that DR screening is factually completed and not only a referral made to an eye care specialist. Um, and these measures should really incentivize the primary care to try and get the screening rate up from the current low of, of less than 50% of, of diabetic people or people with diabetes completing their annual diabetic eye screening. Um, we're currently in the process of getting our Aurora camera FDA cleared with AI for diabetic retinopathy. So it's a very exciting time waiting for this clearance. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So I think, um, like you say, obviously a really exciting time from a, a US regulatory standpoint and kind of getting the FDA approval for the Aurora camera. Um, I noticed that obviously you guys have offices in China and then obviously um, uh, throughout Finland as well. Have you noticed kind of, I guess, a difference in um, uptake or, or kind of regulatory approval and, and how have you found it kind of working across the different markets? Yes, so we work in in a, in a total of over 60 different markets today and, and the regulatory environment, of course, is very varying. Um, there is, for example, in China, it is being made um, more and more difficult all the time. Our previous um, approval round took, I think, around three years and, and it's probably not going to be any faster the next time around. But of course, also in in Europe, as, as, as we're now transitioning into the MDR, um, that brings its own 
challenges, but it's just, that's just how it is. If you want to work in the, in this field, I guess you just have to do the work um, according to the regulation. I think one um, actually positive side, on the other hand, is FDA. Um, and FDA has recently, I think, at the end of last year, actually um, eased some of the regulation. Like, like for example, now if you have a general fundus camera, you can you can more or less um, get it get it uh, listed without actually having to do a five ten k for the camera. So, so for some like medium risk class products, um, the U.S. has been more proactive to 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 make it a little bit easier to get get new products on the market, which is, of course, very welcome in this uh, regulatory environment. Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine that that kind of streamlines the process um, a lot, quite significantly, really. Um, Obviously, with you being uh, vice president of uh, devices, um, it's very much kind of involved in the technical process and things. Um, Is the kind of regulatory side, uh, does that fall under your remit? And are you kind of overseeing that from from start to finish? Well, actually, I... it doesn't belong to we, we have uh, moved our regulatory quality and regulatory team to um, to be a kind of in our group common um, functions um, because we have different business units and the same team serves um, both both business units so so they are they they report to to our group common functions um, instead of the business units but I have actually started my career at Optimate as our quality manager. So I've, I'm, I'm <laughs> very familiar with this, uh, um, this, this field of work as well, because I was uh, in charge of our quality management system, as well as our, all, all of the uh, regulatory approvals for some years. So it's, it's very familiar stuff for me. <laughs> Definitely very well acquainted with all of the uh, the process then. Um, perfect. In terms of your position at the moment, obviously, um, you're not only in a position of leadership, but you are uh, sort of on the technical side of things as well. Um, what was your kind of journey like to get to this point? I know you mentioned obviously starting kind of in quality, but I guess from sort of your entry level into the industry, um, how did you find your journey to kind of come through in a technical function and then end up kind of in a leadership position? Right. Uh, so yeah, currently I am the uh, the VP of Optimates Devices Business Unit, um, and in, in this in this um, role I, I cover everything related to our camera business, from development, um, manufacturing, sales, and marketing as well. Um, also, the two subsidiaries that you also mentioned, uh, uh, one in China and one in the U.S., they, they belong under under my responsibility area. I'm actually the um, general manager of the China company, and then we have a we have a leader in the U.S. company who who reports to me. Um, well, I've I um I've been with Optimate for over twelve years now. Um, when I started, we were a, a startup with about zero <laughs> revenue and and some ten people in the company. And, and like I mentioned, I, I first worked as our quality manager, taking care of the um, uh, quality management system and the regulatory approvals. But but then I soon moved to the more commercial side of things. And, and for quite many years, I took care of our OEM customers. Uh, so in addition to selling cameras on our own brand, we, we make um, tailor-make products for selected globally renowned brands like Carl Zeiss, Topcon and Volk Optical. And we tailor products for them with their own branding. So in, in the in the role of 
of business development director at that time my role was um to to manage this oem business um both development um as well as the commercial relationships um so this was a really good way to to gain a broad knowledge of both the uh, technical as well as the uh, commercial side um i have um then after being the business development director from from 2017 i i first led our sales and marketing and then in 2019 we established two business units um after growing with an acquisition of a, of a software company called comet and at that time we divided our business into devices and software segments and then i started leading the entire devices business and Actually, at the same same year, 2019, we also got our company listed in the Helsinki Nasdaq Stock Exchange, which was a very uh, exciting project as well to go through. Um, but maybe to look at how I ended in this position, I think one important thing, of course, is that I do have an engineering degree. Um, I hold a master's degree in industrial engineering and management. And, and before before joining Optimate, I, I used to live in, in Beijing in China. And I was working for Nokia mobile phones in their research and development function. And that also gave a very good background to the work that I do for Optimate from kind of the technical side as um, as I, uh, in, in, in the position that I had at Nokia, I got a good understanding of how product development uh, works in this kind of a larger global organization. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, just to revisit how you said about um, having worked on the commercial side of things as well, and then obviously kind of working in one of the markets that then Optimed covers um, kind of for a different company in in kind of a technical position, um, I guess it's given you really good kind of experience and coverage of um, kind of different markets and I guess different ways of working, different cultures, and that's um, genuinely fantastic. Um, In terms of the kind of what you've seen, just kind of if you've got any sort of general observations about um, kind of the the different functions and, and the leadership within those functions, do you think that there's kind of um, a disparity, not only kind of um, in gender across the imaging space, but also kind of in function as well? Like, do you see that there's kind of maybe more women in um, say of HR, for example, or kind of in leadership within the commercial space than there is sort of in the technical area? Yeah, I definitely do see that. And, and, and also um, our organization portrays this quite well. We have women in, in leadership positions. Well, in my, my organization, in our uh, HR and, and in marketing, uh, but then all of the technical sales and clinical functions are led um, by men. And um, um, overall in the, in the, in, in, in the, in the automate group, it's, it's, um, yeah, the HR, marketing, um, as well as finance, where we have some some women in leadership positions, but but otherwise the more technical and sales roles are 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 um, led by men at the moment. Um, I think this is. I actually think that um, why it is so that there is a, is a, a limited amount of women in in these kind of roles. I think it goes quite far back to um to to childhood and teenage years um where we see that there are far less girls that are that are wanting to study mathematics and stem subjects in in general i i think in those 
childhood and teenage years, it's it's quite important to fit in and belong to your social circle. And so if there's less girls wanting to study math and, and STEM subjects, um, that kind of, um, then that coupled with the social pressure of, of belonging to your social group can even lower the percentage of girls wanting to, to study these subjects more. Um, and so at least what I've tried to do um, in, in my part is to take 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 part in different forums where I could speak to or, or reach young girls to share the message of, of the importance of studying math and STEM, um, at least to not outrule yourself from a, a big number of future possible future careers. In my own childhood, actually, in, already in my when I, when I was in like junior high, um, on grade eight and nine, um, each of the each of the classes had like a special focus area, and I um, one one of the focus areas was STEM, and I I chose to to go to that that class, and in that class we were four girls and sixteen boys, so wow. you could already <laughs> see that it was it was quite clearly. Um, we we as girls were in the minority, and then the same really in, in university where um, I, I studied industrial engineer, engineering and management, where we had about twenty um, percent girls, which is actually much more than in other engineering departments because well, the industrial engineering and management is kind of the, the least technical <laughs> of the <laughs> engineering areas, um, so it it has typically the most most girls but still a very small minority and i think this kind of a lack of of the role models and, and lack of of women in in then hiring positions makes it more difficult for for women to end up in these uh, leadership positions yeah. in imaging space as well as in any other area yeah i completely agree i think it's um really important obviously like you say to kind of increase the representation and, and the visibility of um women in leadership and also in stem functions because um i think it then just kind of gives people well young women especially kind of a career path to follow i know kind of speaking from my own experience um kind of working in recruitment has um kind of shown me positions and kind of job roles I never even knew existed and I think if we kind of had a bit more um visibility and kind of transparency around some of the you know job roles that you could go into especially with STEM kind of qualifications and STEM um you know academic um sort of degrees and and things um I think then maybe that would encourage people to sort of maybe encourage the uptake of those subjects at an earlier stage like you say um obviously you mentioned about kind of um uh, doing the forums and and kind of uh, I know that when we've we've spoken previously we've spoken about kind of the importance of um, the hiring process and how that can really impact um, the ratio of women that are you know coming into the company as new starters. Um, do you think there's any sort of specific barriers to entry um, or anything that's specifically stopping women from um, going into those STEM functions, perhaps even if they've already got kind of a, a qualification or, or even earlier than that, do you think um, that there's kind of anything else that we, we should be doing more actively? Well, I think the at least one of the very good things to do is, is um, to try to show the younger younger women and girls what kind of careers you can have if you, if you go into... Um, the STEM area. Um, I think I think it's most important to try to encourage girls to, to yeah. move into that direction. I I don't think that there's 
you know, like if you have that kind of education, I don't know that there would be any then particular bar- barriers uh, preventing from from entering a job. Um, besides the fact that we know that um, people um, tend to hire people that are similar to themselves so so it's it's a, a studied fact that men hire more men and women hire more women and so from from that point of view of course it's good to try to get some women in uh so that you can try to get more women in no absolutely that makes a lot of sense and i think um your point about kind of people hiring people who are like themselves is really valid i think that um, I know that we've spoken previously about the whole kind of mentoring and, and advocacy um, debate in that, um, I mean, I don't want to quote anything that's kind of incorrect, but I think when, you know, from general observation, it tends to be that men have more um, kind of advocates um, and women have more mentors. Um, but then also sometimes with, with men, their kind of um, mentors will also advocate for them. And I guess it's about kind of just making sure that um you know employers and hiring managers and and kind of line managers feel um supported and comfortable kind of advocating for the progression of women that are coming into the industry um but then also kind of you know having transparency around it um i guess when did you find that when you kind of first came into the industry um and you know not to kind of uh, pry into past experience or anything and, and you don't need to name any names or anything like that but um how did you find it and did you find that your kind of managers and 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 kind of superiors were able to kind of uh, encourage you to move upwards and kind of really platform you to be able to develop in a way that meant that you could go into leadership positions. Yeah, I I have to say I have had uh, very good um, managers uh, during my career, um, of course, both at Ultimate as well as um, at at the job I had in in, uh, Nokia in China. Um, And they have... I have had managers who have been very supportive. And I think also um, having grown on my own career with the company, with Optimate, is is also um, significant, at least in my um, career, because we were just a very, very small company with, with about 10 people when, when I started uh, working, working with Optimate and, and um, basically the more responsibility you wanted to take, the more responsibility you could take. And, and as the company grows, then you're kind of able to quite well also, I guess, influence what kind of a role and, 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 and how you want to do it. And, establish the the processes as well um for 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 how to do things so that's i think kind of uh has been has been um the the good part for for me in working working with um, a small company and growing with the with the small company and i think that's actually i think it's the first time that i heard when when you were saying about the difference in, in mentoring and advocacy for for men and women but i i i think that sounds sounds about right um, and I, I also think that there definitely is um, a role for mentoring or advocacy on, on career progression. I, I don't really have like a silver bullet on, on how it should be done. Um, I think at least I've taken part in a few kind of mentoring programs where um, when I was, I think when I was still studying in university, I was, I was taking part in one 
So I think there definitely is a role for mentoring and or um, advocacy on the on the career progression, but I don't I don't I don't have a silver bullet on how it should be done. Um, if it's organized in in a in a kind of a separate project, I think then it can be quite I don't know what is the right word maybe superficial or yeah. two dimensional. Um, it's it can be difficult to find ways to actually support and help the other person's career or development. So I think it works best if, when it's when it's done within one's organization. Um, and I think it's really necessary both for the mentor or advocate as well as the 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 one being mentored or or advocated for because of course the one thing that can prevent any of us from moving upwards in our own career is also uh if you haven't if you haven't thought of your successor planning (laughs) yeah you know one should always be preparing for for you know to hand one's current job to someone else to be able to take on bigger or new challenging roles for for oneself so in 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 this kind of context I, I think the advocacy works very well and and this is also um where I have found it very helpful in my own career great no I'm really glad to hear that and I think you're um, totally right as well about kind of making sure that it's almost um kind of mentorship and advocacy is is kind of organic from within kind of your own organization um, and that you don't necessarily have to kind of go elsewhere to seek that I think that's really um a really good point and I think that um the the kind of I guess the difficulty maybe um is that sometimes it you know it, it is quite difficult in kind of hiring processes and things as well um to I, I guess it's almost this debate of whether sort of positive discrimination for kind of making sure that that women are able to kind of um come in at entry level and like make that progression from the very start as well is kind of um something that that we think about quite a lot and that well I certainly think about anyway when I'm kind of um, recruiting for processes and things is kind of is there a um it's getting the balance right I think isn't it that kind of you know is it right to do things like blind CVs or kind of do you um, actively go out looking for sort of a, a woman to fill a position or is that something that should just become in organic I think I'm probably um, rambling a little bit but I think it's just all these things that we kind of bear in mind when we're sort of recruiting through um, yeah. processes no, and things yeah no I, I totally agree and, and I think um, I think quotas for example as such are, are a little contradictory but but they're not always a bad thing um, but I, but in my opinion, maybe quote it, it can get difficult if if a quota is a, is a mandatory thing in, in you know in case you cannot just find a suitable candidate to to increase the representation. Um, I have in some hiring processes when there has been a recruiting consultant used, I have specifically asked like, can you please try to find some women candidates? <laughs> Yeah, but it has not been actually easy at those times. And when I have specifically been like, oh, it's all men. I would really like to have some <laughs> one woman in the mix. Uh, then it, it actually has, hasn't worked out. Um, they, they, it's just that the, there haven't been, haven't been um, then, then suitable 
women candidates for those specific positions. So, of course, it's better to hire the most capable person um, in, in most cases rather than, than go with this, a strict quota. I also do support things like leaving out the gender um, yeah. information from job applications, so blind CVs or, or, or so on, to, to reduce the biases um, that, that we all have, whether we acknowledge them or not, um, so we can be more um, equal on who gets to, to um, proceed forward in hiring processes, uh, for example, to interview state or, or so on. So I do support those, those actions. Perfect. No, that's really good to know. Thanks, Laura. And I think that um, you're exactly right. I think, like you say, it, it then goes back to having a suitable candidate pool for any kind of one position. And if that pool is kind of primarily made up of men, just because there's kind of more um, men that, you know, chose to do that qualification at university, then I guess it, it's kind of unavoidable um, in some instances. So hopefully kind of as as you know, more women maybe um, go into STEM professions and kind of do, um, you know, the the kind of engineering qualifications and things like that, then we'll kind of see um, a more equal candidate pool anyway, which will mean kind of the hiring process is um, kind of impacted as well, um, which hopefully will be, um, will be soon. <laughs> that would be great. But I think um, just to kind of uh, finish off with, and it's okay if you don't have a specific answer for this because it's not on the list, but I just wondered if there was anything that kind of had happened this year or kind of in the last couple of years um, for you or in your experience in the imaging space that have kind of shown a little bit of a step forward for kind of reducing the gender disparity or maybe just something that was kind of, even if it's really small, um, a little win, I guess, for, for kind of, um, increasing the amount of women in imaging? Well, um, I have to point out at least um, Halma, you know, the, the UK um, owner of, for example, Volk and Keeler yeah. and, and Reister and, and other companies. Um, I think Halma has done very good work in um, increasing diversity. Um, they have in their uh, leadership and board, I think close to 50-50. I think in, the latest I saw was was that there was even more women in, in, in one of them. And and they've also, um, since we work closely with uh, Volk Optical, um, they, they also had a, a female um, CEO for a number of years, uh, just recently, which, which, I, which was a good, a, a nice... Um, I don't know. It's maybe not good to say exception, but <laughs> I guess that's what it is. Yeah, no, definitely. That's a really good one. And I think it's always nice to kind of, um, you know, just take stock of those whenever there's kind of a, a situation like that, where you kind of just notice that there's maybe sort of more um, women present in kind of a leadership team and stuff. It's always just a really nice um, thing to see I think especially then if you're kind of working in the same market and things but uh, that's fantastic Laura thank you um, I think we've pretty much covered everything that, that we had kind of on our um, list um, thank I'm you sorry. so much for the time and um, I'll let you uh, kind of log off and enjoy the snow and your holiday <laughs> <laughs> great thank you so much and thank you for having me So that was my CM conversation with Laura Peeler, VP of Devices at Optimed. I'd like to thank Laura again for her time and the insight she provided on this fascinating topic. 
I hope anyone interested in gender disparity in imaging or hearing from a leader in a technical function could gain some valuable perspective from her role and experience in the industry. Subscribe to CM Conversations today for more insights on exciting topics with thought leaders across the medical industry. Thanks again for listening. I've been your host, Ellen Santon. Bye for now.